0: Hello, everyone. I wish you a very, very warm welcome back to our podcast. I am Rika, and this is a podcast of Promote Ukraine. This series is called Ukraine Up to Date, and we bring out this podcast every week where we put together the most interesting, relevant, and important topics and events about Ukraine and talk a little bit about it. So in case you want to stay on top of things that are happening in and around Ukraine, do not worry. We keep you up to date. And without further ado, let's start with the week's Hot Topics, shall we? The Servant of the People Party initiated the creation of a Temporary Commission of Inquiry, or TCI, in the Verkhovna Rada to investigate the possible involvement of senior Ukrainian officials in the leak of information about the Wagner Group fighters and their extradition from Belarus to Russia. In addition, the lawmakers will consider the issue of the so-called Surkov-Medvedchuk tapes. To quote the head of the Servant of the People parliamentary faction, David Arahima, We set up a TCI not to deal exclusively with the issue of Wagner group fighters, but the situation with them is on this agenda and should be considered primarily within this TCI. Its scope will be wider. Why it will be wider? Because Surkov Medvedchuk tapes were published recently, causing a considerable public outcry. Therefore, the first two episodes that should be investigated within this TCI are the situation with the Wagner Group fighters and the situation with these tapes. At the same time, the parliamentarian noted that he personally had opposed the creation of such a TCI because the issue of special services operations could not be considered in public. And as a reminder, on the 29th of July last year, 33 members of the private military company Wagner Group were detained near Minsk. The Prosecutor-General's Office of Ukraine addressed the Prosecutor-General's Office in the Republic of Belarus with requests to extradite 28 people. The Ukrainian side stated that those people took an active part in hostilities in Donetsk and Luhansk regions as part of the LPR and DPR terrorist organizations. However, Belarus handed over these detainees to the Russian Federation. Ukrainian media later reported that the Security Service of Ukraine and the main Directorate of Intelligence of the Ministry of Defense of Ukraine had been preparing an operation to detain the Wagner Group fighters. That information had been known to the office of the President of Ukraine, where the information leaked from, after which the Special Services of Belarus simulated the detention of mercenaries and their return to Russia. However, this version was refuted by some Ukrainian government agencies. Bellingcat is currently filming an investigation into an alleged failed special operation over detention of militants from the private military company Wagner Group in the summer of 2020. On the 25th of February this year, the media published a recording of a conversation between two men whose voices resemble those of former Russian president aide Vladislav Surkov and Ukrainian MP Viktor Medvedchuk. The recording of discussion on the electricity supplies to the occupied Crimea in exchange for prisoners in Donbass was allegedly made in 2014. The Security Service of Ukraine said they were studying the published recordings. So, if it is not possible to organize a meeting of the leaders of the Normandy-formed countries, so those are Ukraine, Germany, France and Russia, on the settlement of the situation in Donbass, The president of Ukraine, Volodymyr Zelensky, is ready to meet with the leader of each country separately. So to quote the head of state at a press conference within the forum that is called Ukraine 30, Culture, Media and Tourism. In any case, a Normandy Format meeting is being prepared. It should be held. I will say, as I told our Western partners, if there is no Normandy Format meeting, I will find a Format when I meet with each of the leaders of the Normandy Format. He also reminded that the aggravation in Donbass began after the decision of the National Security and Defense Council to close three pro-Russian TV channels and impose sanctions against pro-Russian MPs Viktor Medvedchuk and Taras Kozak. And Zelensky said, I quote, I do not want to link the aggravation with this decision, but we see that it happens at the same time. As reported, the last summit of the Norma Deformat leaders took place on the 9th of December 2019. Earlier, Zelensky said that there had been some progress in the issues of Donbass after the Paris summit, but then the Norma Deformat started decaying. So the IBM Security has released the annual 2021 X-Force Threat Intelligence Index. It demonstrates how the nature of cyber attacks changed during the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020, when attackers sought to profit from an unprecedented socio-economic situation and political and business challenges. In particular, Europe was the most attacked region in 2020, experiencing 31% of all cyber attacks observed by X-Force experts. Also, the number of attacks by encryption viruses increased sharply. In addition, Europe suffered more insider attacks than any other region, even twice as many as North America and Asia combined. So let's talk a little bit about the medicine and pharmaceuticals industry, which were heavily under attack. So in 2020, malefactors more often attacked organizations that play a key role in the global fight against COVID-19. So we have, for example, hospitals, medical device manufacturers, pharmaceutical companies, and so on. For example, cyber attacks on healthcare, manufacturing and energy doubled from the year prior, with threat actors targeting organizations that could not afford downtime due to risks of disrupting medical efforts or critical supply chains. In fact, manufacturing and energy were the most attacked industries in 2020, second only to the finance and insurance sector. Contributing to this was attackers taking advantage of the nearly 50% increase in vulnerabilities in uh, the industrial control systems or the ICS, which manufacturing and energy both strongly depend on. So Nick Rossman from the global threat intelligence lead um, from the IBM security X-Force said, and I quote, in essence, the pandemic reshaped what is considered critical infrastructure today. And attackers took note, many organizations were pushed to the front lines of response efforts for the first time, whether to support COVID-19 research, uphold vaccine and food supply chains, or produce personal protective equipment. Attackers victimology shifted as the COVID-19 timeline of events unfolded, indicating yet again the adaptability, resourcefulness and persistence of cyber adversaries. So and according to Intiser data, the number of Linux malware families increased by 40% last year, while the number of malware written during the Go programming language uh, increased sixfold in the first half of 2020. This indicates that wrongdoers are rapidly mastering the attacks using Linux. According to the right-ones-run-anywhere principle for hybrid cloud environments, attackers create the malware easily run on different platforms. Thus, the developers of collaboration tools, so Google, Dropbox and Microsoft, as well as online stores and related companies such as Amazon and PayPal, were among the 10 most spoofed brands. YouTube and Facebook, which were the main sources of news last year, also topped the list. For the first time in the company's history, Adidas ranked the 7th most spoofed brand in 2020, most likely driven by demand for two lines of sneakers. Thus, encryption viruses were involved in almost every fourth attack detected by XForce experts in 2020. Ransomware has been increasingly popular. Last year, it helped the perpetrators raise more than one hundred and twenty three million dollars and nearly two thirds of the victims agreed to pay a ransom. And to give you a little bit of background information, the X-Force Threat Intelligence Index is based on insights and observations from monitoring more than 150 billion security events per day in more than 130 countries. In addition, data is gathered and analyzed from multiple sources within IBM, including IBM Security, Xforce Threat Intelligence and Incident Response, Xforce Red, IBM Managed Security Services, and data provided by Quad9 and Intezer, both of which contributed to the 2021 report. So, the government of Ukraine approved external borrowing of up to 116 million uh, euros within the framework agreement between the government of Ukraine and the government of the French Republic on the manufacture and technical support for a batch of patrol boats. According to the press service of the Ministry of Finance of Ukraine, the cabinet of ministers authorized Minister of Finance, Serhiy Marchenko, to conclude an agreement on the purchase of 20 boats for maritime security and protection of maritime borders. The project's financing includes a bank loan guaranteed by the French expert agency BPI France, assurance export for a maximum of 76 million euros, as well as a direct loan from the French treasury for a maximum amount of 40 million euros. According to the Ministry of France, financial support is provided in the amount, which is 85% of the contract value. On the 5th of March, the Verkhovna Rada ratified the contract for the purchase of these boats. The agreement uh, with the French government was signed by Interior Minister Arsene Avakov in November 2019 already. A quarter of the order will be fulfilled by a domestic shipbuilding company using French technology. The other day it was reported that the UK will create a new class of original missile boats from the Ukrainian fleet, and now London is choosing between two options. So, according to British military attache, Commodore of the Royal Navy, Tim Woods, Ukraine will have access to a technological process that is important for the modernization of Ukrainian shipbuilding. The attache noted, and I quote We will build the first four boats in the UK while allowing Ukrainian shipbuilders to observe, learn and train. The second four missile boats will be built. And it will be great for both Ukrainian shipbuilding and the Ukrainian Navy as you get these opportunities here in Ukraine. And lastly, he also confirmed that the UK would help Ukraine to create two naval bases as it was previously announced by the Office of the President of Ukraine. The Minister for Foreign Affairs of Ukraine, Dmitry Kuleba, called on the Russian Federation to provide the representatives of international organizations with the access to the territory of the occupied Crimea. In particular, the minister mentioned the UN representatives. Kuleba published a corresponding appeal on his Twitter page, noting that the Kremlin should assume a non-politicized position on this issue. The minister raised the same topic during an informal meeting of the UN Security Council Area Formula meeting, which is called Crimea, Seven Years of Violations of Ukraine's Sovereignty and Territorial Integrity. Kuleba said, I quote, Russia's armed aggression against Ukraine has caused a deep crisis in international politics and undermined the authority of international organizations. It is time to increase the efficiency of joint efforts to de-occupy Crimea. He reminded of Russia's violations of international humanitarian law and large-scale human rights violations on the peninsula, in particular, the change in the demographic composition of the population of Crimea by the occupation authorities. The participants separately discussed Russia's ongoing large-scale militarization of Crimea. The other day, the National Security and Defense Council approved the strategy for deoccupation and reintegration of the occupied Crimea and Sevastopol into Ukraine. The document will be available to the public in the near future. According to the Secretary of the National Security and Defense Council, Alexei Danilov, the elaboration of the strategy lasted more than a year with the involvement of representatives of many institutions, including the Majlis of the Crimean Tatar people. At present, the only thing known about this document is that Kyiv has abandoned the idea of creating Crimean Tatar autonomy and relies on international support. The National Security and Defense Council of Ukraine, or in short the NSDC, has approved the establishment of the Center for Countering Disinformation, which will begin its work on the 16th of March, so on next Tuesday, actually. The Secretary of the National Security and Defense Council, Alexei Danilov, made a corresponding statement at a briefing. He noted that the staff of the intelligence service would be involved in the Center's activity. The official said, I quote, This Center was set up by the decision of the National Security and Defense Council. It will start to work next Tuesday. The center will be located in the administrative office of the National Security and Defense Council. There will be the utmost intensification of activity. We will work on a daily basis. We will manage to repel disinformation spread by the Russian Federation. According to him, the center will operate separately and will have its own chief who will be appointed by the president of Ukraine. The information about the launch of the center was confirmed by the head of the president's office, Andriy Yermak who stressed that this body is not and will not be political. He also stressed that international partners were also interested in participating in the center's activity. During the briefing, Danilov also said that the security service of Ukraine would check the motivation of MPs who had voted for the so-called Kharkiv Accords in April 2010, according to which Russia had received the right to extend the deployment of its fleet in Crimea. The Secretary of the National Security and Defense Council noted that the circumstances of the vote of incumbent members of parliament, oligarchs, and yeah, people who are very interesting to you, would be checked. In total, the Kharkiv accords uh, were supported by 236 members of the Verkhovna Rada. And as just as a quick reminder, on the 21st of April 2010. The then-president of Ukraine, Viktor Yanukovych, and president of Russia, Dmitry Medvedev, signed the so-called Kharkiv Accords, which provided for the extension of the Black Sea Fleet's deployment in Ukraine for another 25 years, so that means until um, 2042, in exchange for lower gas prices. The Verkhovna Rada of Ukraine ratified the Kharkiv Accords on the 27th of April, 2010. Immediately before the agreements were signed, Russia had increased the natural gas price of significantly. Uh, after the occupation of Crimea, the state Duma of the Russian Federation terminated those agreements, unliterally. Almost 40 states have already agreed to take part in the inaugural summit of the Crimean platform, which will take place on the 24th of August 2021, on the 30th anniversary of Ukraine's independence. A relevant announcement was made by Alexey Aristovich, uh, the spokesperson for the Ukrainian delegation to the trilateral contact group. He stressed that both the Donbas case and the Crimean case would gradually become unified into one node inevitably, but the Crimean platform would not touch upon the situation in Donbas. Aristovich said, I quote, If we raise these issues together, for example, at the level of uh, UN or other formats, it does not mean that the Minsk process is dead. It has no alternative so far, although this process is not the best one. If there is an alternative, then we talk about switching to another format. Today, there are no grounds to talk about it. He also clarified that the issues related to the occupation of Crimea and part of Donbass would be unified in the collective interstate claim Of Ukraine against the Russian Federation as the aggressor state. These are two directions of the Russian invasion and both will be discussed within the framework of a single state policy. And again, as a reminder, on the 26th of February, President of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky, signed a decree on certain measures aimed at the occupation and reintegration of the Crimean Peninsula. In particular, he instructed the government to organize the and launch of uh, the Crimean platform as well as to implement measures to develop and support the Crimean Tatar language and culture and protect the rights of the residents of the temporarily occupied Crimea. So that was it for this week's podcast. Make sure to share your thoughts with us and we would be very happy to hear your feedback so that we can, of course, keep improving this podcast for you. And if you want to have more information on Ukraine, EU-Russia relations and other articles, you can visit promoteukraine.org. And also, if you haven't done so yet, follow us on our social media, so on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and so on, whatever you can think of. And you can find us everywhere under the name, of course, Promote Ukraine. But for now, I wish you a wonderful start into the week, and I'll see you next week with some fresh and new information.